You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here on WMR. It is the 14th of April, 2022. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Weights and Biases. Um, it is the sixth week of the illegal, uh, murderous uh, invasion and occupation of part of Ukraine by the Russians. And um, I'm happy to report that um, not only are, are the people we've uh, interviewed on this show still thriving, um, they're um, stable enough to be holding charity charity webinars. Um, Anton the other day uh, took part in a uh, SE rankings um, webinar on uh, I, I, I believe it was on, it was on web content, and um, uh, 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 it was it was, a, it was a free webinar. But anyone who attended was. Um, was 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 prompted to donate to uh, to Ukrainian relief. I, I love that that stuff's happening now, eh? Yeah, yeah I mean, who does? Well, okay, I can think of some people that don't, but um, <laughs> probably I would say the lion's share of our listening audience um, is happy that that's the kind of community we have. Absolutely. The uh, those who aren't, um, I'm not sure why they're listening to this show in particular, um, but. Everyone's welcome, of course. Um, that that Ukraine has stood and survived this long um, is phenomenal. And again, that there's enough stability in parts of the, in most of the country that people are able to stop do and go back to doing their work again. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, uh, just it's, it's I don't really believe in miracles. I believe in hard work and human ingenuity. And um, this is miraculous. Yeah. A miraculous piece of hard work and human ingenuity. Um, Okay. Where do you want to start? There was so much that happened in the, uh, in, in the Google verse and the web world this, this week. Um, Where where do you want to start? Um, Um, Okay. Um, 
I guess we can go with it, like because we can we can breeze through it pretty fast. Um, Google Ads is doing a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense because that's how Google makes money. I mean, maybe not all of their money, but like most of it. <laughs> so uh, a couple of days ago, well, I guess yesterday, um, they announced that advertisers can now use dashboards at the manager account level. Um, you know, rather than needing to make their own dashboards. Um, it's just like a, a nice sort of little one-stop glance at how everything that you might be managing is going on, right? Like when you're you're managing more than one account. Um, so you could have it, a bunch of different accounts with a bunch of different campaigns all on the same screen. Exactly. And, and able to probably detect pretty quickly um you know look for spikes look for big problems stuff like that i mean depending on on how you how you get things set up um also it would give you like they they can pull in search auction insights and and performance reports so if if you were managing it like this is where i'm visualizing it as 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 the most important is if you're dave right or or you like have managed like you're managing like maybe a dozen or, or something Probably not as important. You can do them one at a time uh, and, and probably should because you should put eyes on. But if you were running a company that has hundreds and hundreds of campaigns, I could see this being very useful. There, there's probably examples for like people with, with just a handful where it's, it's like a, just a nice quick dashboard as well. But I think it's mostly going to be useful for people who are overseeing the management of hundreds or, or at least a large number of campaigns to sort of like they can tune in there where you couldn't possibly look at all of them even in a month right you're and that's not your job you're, you're well, managing teams well indeed I, th- I thought of a company um a holding company will think of say yum brands um has at least a dozen different uh uh, uh brand names underneath that holding name um, I, I actually know the SEO for, for, for Yum! Brands, and so I can imagine them having like multiple screens looking at data coming from their subordinates working for each of the different brands just to stay on top of them. Yeah, exactly. And that's like a great use um, of them. So it's not, to me, it's not a big deal because there were already ways to do it. Um, but I think anytime Google gives a little more direct clarity where you're not relying on us to use APIs that might break or whatever, right? Like to, to get the sort of like global data, I think it's handy. Um, so liked that. Um, one of the other things that came out of Google ads, it's funny, I don't have the story up, but we'll, we'll just talk about it anyway, um, is um, Performance Max, the, the campaign. There was a little bit of clarity um, offered on that one because you can, you can sort of preload it um, with some some information, uh, like basically you can go, okay, these are my audiences, and it, it's used to sort of kickstart the system and go rather than just sending it into a black box and going, I'm just creating my ads now, just go and find places for them. You're able to go, here's the audiences that I know sort of match, and they're really really broad buckets, but you're able to go, okay, like it's it's health or it's it's you know in these these big pools to just sort of help train the system um so it was just discussed that it is heaviest use in training but it is also um something that they'll pay attention to ongoing as they end up with with new data sort right like as a new i don't know a, a new company comes in and goes yes now you can you can you know yes to google you can advertise you know we'll, we'll be serving your ads 
um, it will help them figure out what to do with your ads and that new site that's just entered into the mix. It, it'll help them figure that out a little faster. So just a little clarity. I, I sort of, that's what I gathered this was all for um, when I first started using it, but a little bit of clarity from them. Here's a, uh, a a really ignorant question, given I have very little experience in, in the paid advertising world. I, I'm, I've spent most of my career in SEO. But today, a really neat thing happened today. We signed on a new client, and um, they have a website that's, say, three weeks old. It's a, it's a brand new website. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they put they 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 their webmaster put Google Analytics on it. So naturally, I asked for access to Google Analytics. And so what I got back because this is a brand new website. There's no Universal Analytics. There's nothing. No old style um, UA three. It's all G G A four. So cool, wonderful, total 100% immersion with a, with a brand new client and a brand new website. And so I thought if, if you're going to learn the ins and outs, this is a great way to do it. And so one thing I saw is. Um, Trying to get together information for the developers, really interested in, in demographics, um, uh, specifically on the, the screen size and browser and stuff. But GA4 um, gives a great gives away a great deal of information on user interests. Mm-hmm. They instead of breaking down, um, they, they break down users into the member mem- uh, flock, federated learning of cohorts, mm-hmm. interests. Um, now, Google Ads also has very similar interest categories um, that, that they're advertising to. Has anybody taken the time to compare what you see in GA4 and what you see in Google Ads? And is there a similarity between those, those topical groupings? I can say it's interesting because I, I haven't actually done like a create all like the different lists you could create out of this. Um, I can say there's different areas of Google Ads where the lists can be different. Um, and that I, I, I do know that like performance max lists are, are different than, you know, other lists that you could use because you can base a lot of stuff on your own customer lists and, and things like that. Uh, so they are a bit different, um, but there is certainly some overlap on like broad brush strokes. But I think you, you bring up a really interesting question. And now I'm sort of kicking myself for not going, it would be interesting to publish like here's all of the lists and here's like the little Venn diagrams of like everything oh. in here would be in here. And um, you'll see, we well, can, we you, can you got several months to get around to that. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm always surrounded by Drake's when I, when I give you good ideas. So, you know, yeah. And I'm sure the, the problem is, and as soon as I'm done, they'll change. It. <laughs> well, so. there's, there's a, the, that's the SEO, the, the, the digital marketing lament. It's been like that since day one. Um, I'm just wondering if there's a a, uh, a method or information that, that marketers can glean by mixing these two reporting areas together um, and making GA GA four even more um, even more useful. Yeah, I think one of the things that people miss a lot in ads and, and sort of speaking of audiences, and this is where the the overlap can provide a lot of insights. Is a lot of people don't they they use audiences and interests for targeting rather than using them for observation. Um, Because any of your campaigns, you can add anybody you want. Like you can add all of these audiences in and go, these are just for observation. So now you can go into your audiences later and go, you know, 
collected a month of data and go, okay, how does this break down in my conversions? Like it doesn't actually make any changes based on that information, but it gives you information on, oh, my conversions end up coming from this audience more than this audience. Over in GA4, you can see how those audience groups um, interact and how frequently, how how long they interact with your site. Clearly, this group values this kind of content more than that group does because they've spent so many more seconds, more or less, per page. Um, anyway, I wonder, if, I wonder if there's ways to in, enhance, refine, or think about bidding strategies based on what you can actually see people doing in GA4 on your pages. I have to say... Yes. Like any piece of information, right? Like, and, and I think that's what you're getting at is any piece of information you can have uh, is helpful. And I think there's going to be a good call. We'll, we'll have them back on. We'll, we'll give it a, a few, maybe a couple months, folks. But, um, you know, we will have on Alan again. And this is a case, I think, a, a wonderful case for those dashboards that show you both. But it, you're, you're making me now want to create a dashboard <laughs> of like, okay, here's my paid audiences and here's my GA4 audiences right in Google Data Studio and go, let's compare notes. Yeah, you, uh, want, to see a fun, campaigns. you want to see a fun Venn diagram. I bet you you'll find some cool information there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that with Alan next time, and hopefully I'll have that dashboard by, I almost guarantee I'll have that dashboard built now because now I really want it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Okay, biggest story of the week. We should have, we, I can't believe we didn't lead with this. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk is, I don't know if, he, if he's offering to or threatening to buy Twitter. How, how would you phrase that? <laughs> yeah, I... I I think it depends if you're one of the current board, <laughs> then, then you would probably view it as a threat, except that you're also a shareholder and he's offering a pretty solid price per share. <laughs> so you might just be going, great, <laughs> I'm out. Uh, so must just come in, what, 53, somewhere in that range per share? Um, 5420. Yeah. 5420. And that, that comes to about 44, 45 billion dollars. Yeah. About a fifth of his, of his overall wealth. He's worth over 200 billion. But I mean, seriously, when you're 200 billion, what the heck is 50 billion when you got 200 billion? Um, it's like this walking around money, kind of. Um, because it's, it's 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 more money than I, than either of us can possibly imagine, and more money than the AI you're working with could possibly imagine. I think, and that's AI. Um, so why is Musk doing this? Like, what what's the deal? I, I I read up a few things on it, and there there are some interesting uh, sort of. Of course, you get like the, I, I don't even know if it's tinfoil hats, but you get people going. Yeah, he's going to like spike this thing up and then sell his existing shares. He doesn't want this thing. <laughs> oh, so, what Musk would do like uh, a stock manipulation to make, he'd never do that. Oh, no, we money. saw him with Doge, right? Like, he's always wondering <laughs> about with stuff. Um, you know, but at the same time, it had a big spike right after the announcement, like uh, uh, this morning. And now it's back down below. Uh, well, a little higher than it was yesterday, but below where it was about a week ago. So it's it's not you know sort of that big a deal. I think people got like really excited, and then there's just like oh wait, there's like a lot of red tape between here um, and getting this done and and making a company go private is a is a big thing. I'm not sure um, you even me allowed to do this. Like no. I'm not- and- 
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami-Dade College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. Let's explore, discover, and learn together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists, Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day. Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022. If he did, what would happen, right? Like, I, like I, I genuinely think he would probably drive it into the ground. I'm just guessing. That's the um, overall consensus. Yeah, I just, I, I don't. It's not that like he's he's an intelligent guy, or at least certainly good at, at product marketing. I mean, he is an intelligent guy, but but very good at product marketing. But this isn't really his thing. <laughs> um, now, some will argue that the current Twitter is is just shouldn't be a thing anyway uh, but I, I i just i don't see this working in his favor and he is smart enough to know that that's probably not going to happen so i have a feeling this is just a he's a billionaire playing billionaire right like, yeah. i think he's just sort of having fun with his money if he did pull it off he can afford to lose it um so it, it would just be interesting but i can't see how him entering in would suddenly make it better like there'll be people i mean better more valuable. There'll be people going, it would be better if he stuck to his word and went, we're just opening the floodgates up. Anybody can say anything, um, which is, is sort of like the supporters of him taking this move would argue that that's, that's one of the big benefits. I can't see that making Twitter, however, more valuable. Like, I mean, I mean, dollars more there, valuable. There are also people who might want to remind uh, the Twitter and the Twitter board that allowing people to say whatever they want to say put our very democracy at risk <laughs> um, because those people said a whole bunch of things and continue to in many cases that are simply not true. 
they know they're not true. They absolutely, even the people saying it know they're not true, but it's part of a bigger agenda. Um, and yeah, free speech absolutism. Woo. Even though Elon Musk himself has come down very heavy on people who've said things that he disliked personally, um, free speech absolutism, if you believe in the people who say they believe in that sort of thing. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't. Right. Let's um, see some of his employees say what they actually think on Twitter, and we'll see how much his free speech thought process. And it, uh, one worth watching. There are there are industries built on the way Twitter operates, um, hmm. from from media to marketing, um, and anything that upsets that apple cart is is huge news. Yeah. Um, what else we got? We got, okay. So. If you ha if you've um, got a website, ecom website, got product reviews on it, you're probably a little bit pins and needles about the product review update. It's just finished rolling out, and um, <laughs> Google has to be really careful how they describe their things. So, did you did you hear this 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 latest silliness in um, in explaining the product review, the March 2022 product review update? Google wrote about, um, just, just as an example, a comparison between two products. And so that got the little marketing minds waggling. And uh, rumor out there was any um, review that featured a comparison would automatically trigger the uh, algorithm and probably be, be beneficial for the... That's not the way it works. <laughs> um, it was just an example. They just phrased it that way. He just sort of said that. Um, so that won't, I mean, you're probably going to trigger the algorithm because that's what it was there for. But that's not the way to get good rankings. Similarly, if a product is reviewed and that review is written up, the product review ranking will probably give you a bonus, but not for the reason... You might think the little marketing minds in the uh, SEO sphere um, got to thinking that if you write a sentence, I personally tested this product, you'll get a bump. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, 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 no. If you write up your review, you're probably creating fresh content that is directly related to the topic at hand. The kind of stuff Google kind of eats up for breakfast. And that's what gives you the bump, given that most product reviews are like, you know, manufacturer generated content. Right. You don't get a you don't get a bump from simply saying you reviewed a product. It don't work that way. <laughs> Google's like, oh wow, you're a very responsible person. I'm gonna shake your hand. Um no, it it did anything like that. Um uh, but if you write good content and it's original content and it actually relates to the stuff that you're supposed to be that, that the page is supposed to be about. Then you'll probably do well for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? Like anytime I've gone, oh, I'm going to write a review of a thing, I haven't thought to myself, I'm going to use it for five minutes, plaster in their marketing material and go, and by the way, I checked it out and give it a thumbs up, right? Like I've never thought to myself, that's going to be a ticket to top rankings. Well, okay. Since the mid 2000s, I haven't thought to myself, <laughs> that's a way to get some good rankings. It might have been back then. But, uh, but yeah, it, you know, some of these things, Jim, and, and we talk about them often enough. And this is just one of those ones where you're like, I don't know what else you could have thought. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you just weren't paying attention to anything Google has said or, or that what seems to be working on, on the web. But 
some clarification is good, but um, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Well, again, the, the reason your own review of a product will rank well is because you've written it with your own words. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty simple. Okay, speaking of your own words, this is a bit weird. A couple of weeks ago, Google said that AI content goes against Google's guidelines. And that made just about everybody who pays attention sit up and go, yeah, but Google, you kind of pioneered <laughs> like using AI content because Google uses a great deal of it. The SERPs, it's all AI content, um, at least the composition of it. Mm -hmm. Um and you know Google Google uses a good deal of AI to um to 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 Google Business. Uh, what what is it, what are they calling it this week? It's not Google My Business anymore. Now it's um Google Business Listings or something. I'll probably change that profile. Yeah. Yeah. Google Business Profile. Yeah. Um, Google uses AI to um fill to fill uh, empty spots in Google Business Profile. So you know a lot of bundle SEOs are like, hey Google, what gives? You use AI, we can't. So Google has clarified this. If you use AI in order to manipulate Google rankings, Google's going to be offended. But if you're using AI for the sake of using AI, but not for using to, to manipulate Google's rankings, then Google will um, be ambiguous. Because <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know if they'll be happy or unhappy because really they're bots, they don't care. Um, uh, but Google clarified and says you can use AI, just don't use it to manipulate us. B -b 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 make of that what you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, we would always just counter with if using an AI based system produces a better user experience. that sort of ends the discussion. Like as far as, cause Google's always said, just, just serve your user, provide the best user experience. And then basically we'll, we'll fall in line and reward. I mean, we can, we can debate the, the sort of like BS nature of, of that, but um, that's their claim. Well, if, if, if that, if using AI to help generate some context or, or, or add images or whatever it might be that you're doing, it improves your content for the user. Uh, one would have to argue that they can't help but but reward that. Of course, that is a very sophisticated level of AI that I don't think they're talking about. I think they're talking about like you've scraped together crap, <laughs> you've like regurgitated it to make it seem unique through a poorly trained model, and now you're splashing it up on a page. Um, well, yeah. and there's also there's there's AI writers now that you know some of them are are sort of half decent um some of them are are, are 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 absolutely awful and you know what i bet you there's some out there that i wouldn't know i i, I honestly i'm I, I bet you there's a couple out there that are so well well refined um and have such large and able like uh, vocabularies that um you or me or you know most discerning readers wouldn't actually be able to tell the difference unless we were reading this material over time and saw and were able to see patterns in, in word usage that, you know, seemed absurd even for a human, knowing that right. humans edit for this stuff. Um, in fact, that's actually how Google tries to detect um, artificial intelligence, AI writing. Knowing that humans will try to edit out repetition, um, Google looks for obvious use of repetition. Um, Ryan Jones... Um, over at uh, uh, Razor for Sapien, uh, he 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 wrote. He also um, 
is one of the brains behind uh, WTF SEO. <laughs> it's like saying the brains behind Mad Magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Ryan, actually, Ryan's a genius. Like, don't Ryan, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by Ryan at least once a week. Um, he got uh, uh, GPT Neo, um, uh, 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 a widely available AI bot, um, to write an article for um, WTF SEO at WTFSEO.com. Um, and it does GPT Neo's um, lament at uh, being um, sadly rejected by uh, both Bird and Mum um, and other Google AIs. Um, no, wouldn't that, I mean, wouldn't that just be? Luckily, AIs don't actually feel anything. Could, could you imagine never a never ending crawl of bad emotions if you were an AI? Because this this poor AI, these poor AIs being rejected by these bigger, stronger, more robust AIs over at Google. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I know. And they, and they'd be like, and 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 here you are, just some like pesky human, inferior, you know, meatbags that you are, coming in there and telling the bigger the bigger AI and and making it not help its own kind. <laughs> like serve you guys. Um, yeah, I, I think that was it, it. Was a great idea for a story. Like I obviously like we're talking about it. And, and Ryan gets a compliment and a well-deserved <laughs> one on, on your end. He's a super bright guy. Um, just a, just a, a ton of fun um, with that. And actually a, a pretty solid example of like a good case for AI generated content. Cause it was amusing. Now, it should was. it write for something? Probably not. But <laughs> You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. But Um, the important important thing to understand, and this is, this is, we're going to be entering an AI arms race sooner or later. And I think Google's actually trying to put the brakes to it, but um, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. It's, it has to happen, and it's going to happen. So um, you like it, lump it. I'm a writer, so this terrifies me, but it's going to happen. So there you go. Yeah, although there's an interesting – I was tootling around a couple days ago um, with this system – um, that was comparing, basically it's a, a YouTube summarizer, right? And you just get to compare a couple different models, MT5 versus BART, right? And you can just sort of go like, I'm just going to drop my YouTube video URL in there and, and, and see what it produces. And like a minute or two later, it'll go like, 
Here's my summary. Uh, by the way, the, the couple of videos I tested on MT5 sucks and Bart just like crushed it. But that's actually a pretty good use to me of um, AI that I think Google would use themselves in coming up with like their own internal summaries of, of YouTube videos that might not have had descriptions put in there. Um, but it actually like, it came up with a very solid, I had watched the video. Um, it was a complex video on machine learning subject matter. Like it was, it was good, but it, it simplified it and came up with a, a really good one. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful use of AI that yes, it would search or, or it would serve SEO purposes. But if I had, here's the like top videos um, in SEO right now, but basing it on just like, and this page just pulls in the, the YouTube videos based on, sort of current viewership, like in the last 48 hours, you know, this is, these are the most popular in this space and then auto generating these summaries on the page so that, you know, the, the user can quickly understand without having to pull in those, those long, cause it produces shorter summaries, right. But it, it would provide a good user experience, good summaries. I, 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 and it would also help your SEO because now you've got this constantly updated page, but it would, it would help in the right way. So I, I think, the idea that all of it is bad I, is wrong. At the same time, I can see where Google's coming from going, oh God, as soon as, because we've seen it, we, we've talked about it earlier on the show. The second Google says anything, everybody's like, well, I can twist it this way. And then all of a sudden that becomes the thing, right? Like I can just say, I reviewed this and magically I'm going to all of a sudden start right? Because I happen to say this in there because Google said this one thing, or this is, you know, if I put verses, then immediately this is going to be triggered. I, I get it. If they said AI is good in these very specific cases, we would just be tweeting that AI is good and just, that we, you know, can auto-generate content, um, just try and make it so that Google can't tell, right? Or like, however we would word that. The moment um, Google to, says AI is okay in every circumstance is the moment I start creating something that auto-optimizes content based on what the competitors are putting up. Right. And it's <laughs> yeah, and constantly that, kind of grind that, away you? against them, isn't it? That's yeah. exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and it would be easy to do. Um, and it, truly, like in, in your profession, like I've, I've, obviously I work for a company that does machine learning, right? Like a lot of the times, um, well, it's testing right now, but authors will like have a machine learning system go out and, and collect and summarize data and then go, okay, now I'm going to use my own brain because it's their subject matter experts, but go just collect me all the URLs and like summaries so that I can see what's going on now. Cause I'm talking about something that's happened over the past 24 hours. And I now need something to collect this data for me, summarize it so that I can quickly digest it and then start publishing, uh, you know, writing, writing about the topic larger. So there are some great uses even internally for people like you to not be yeah. scared and go, no, AI can just help me collect this mass amount of information that's happening rapidly, um, digest it easily, but then put <laughs> like, you will always write it better than a, than a bot will. Right? I mean, assuming guy, no, you're a, I, I, and I mean you, I don't mean all people. I mean, you will always write better than a bot will. I've met some pretty poor writers in my life. So I was going to uh, say, as long as people are crazy enough to be interested in the way my or other independent brains think, um, yay. Hey, a bot's never going to write about war driving Muskoka. Um, still my favorite title. Probably true. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Okay. So. If you are going to be using AI, 
don't use it to manipulate Google. Google, which is like built on AI, will probably notice and take a dim view of it, um, unless it's a really good piece, in which case Google will, will just sort of kick back with a beer and read it. Yeah. If you've been looking at your uh, search data in either GA4 or uh, Universal Analytics, and you've been noticing it's um, off, your user numbers are, are down a little bit for, for no apparent reason, it's not you, and it's not the users, it's Google. Um, they had a weird latency issue. Um, Google's been recording all this stuff. Like it, it knows how many people have hit your pages, and the, your, um, your metrics should be right sometime in the future, but it's having a latency issue reporting those metrics. So it got the hit. It just hasn't moved it from this column to that column yet. As that I think I, that's as near as I understand their problem. That's what's happening. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, and I'm glad they have the data, right? Obviously, um, but it, it, it's funny. It's just this constant reminder. And we said it before on the show, and I've said it a hundred times to different people. But like, you can't rely on just your data, and also, hey, have a backup plan, right? <laughs> like, it shouldn't just be Google, like. If you don't understand how to look at your log files, learn, right? Like you don't have to be an expert at log file analysis, but like if you know, don't know how to access them, learn how to access them and get a decent like log file reader, right? That just like, if you, I mean, there's a bunch of other reasons that people should like technical SEOs especially should, should know how to at least review their log files for bots. Um, you know, it, it's just to, to have that backup because this wasn't a big issue. To me, I mean, depending on who you are, I'm sure for some people it was, but it will be repaired. It was a fairly short-term issue. If, if you have a reporting, if, you, if you're doing reporting, it's mid-month now, and you just get that weird feeling in your stomach because you can't figure this out, this is why. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. And, but it'll, it'll get itself worked out, and, and that's great. So it wasn't a big issue. But to me, it is this reminder that, like, if I'm leaving critical financial decisions for my business in the hands of a third party, the least I can do is have a different third party backup, right? And yeah. that's where I go to log files. Yes, your hosting company, you're, you still need them for it, but at least there's two. Right? Like, there's two different things that need to fail for you to lose your data. Mm -hmm. um, so just a, just a, I, I don't know, I, I went with log files. There's, there's all sorts of other different analytic systems you can use, but um you know, learn one of them, get a backup. This is yeah. just a reminder. Out, out there in the forums, I am seeing so much resistance to GA4. <laughs> and um, people are saying, I'm going to go to another analytics system. Like, you just watch. It's, 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 it's like every time an American election happens, half the country is going to move to Canada, no matter who wins, if the other guy wins, right? Yeah. Um, so they're going to go up. To, so all these SEOs are going to go out and find a new analytics system, a new free analytics system <laughs> that says uh, robustness, universal <laughs> analytics. And um, I'm, I'm really curious what that system is. Because <laughs> um, I, like yeah, I mean, talk it. about a big opportunity for Microsoft, though, if they could like quickly pull that together and just go, we will be done by next July. Um. <laughs> you know, if they could and uh, have that have information from Google as fresh as the information from Bing. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, that would be that would be a serious coup for Microsoft. Um, well, yeah, because they're already pulling in 
uh, into Clarity um, Google Analytics data. Like they're already sort of synced up there. So it would be interesting if they could pull that off, but I don't, I don't think they want to do that. That's, that's a big job. But, uh, and yeah, what would it get them really? It doesn't get them searchers. It just gets them a bunch of like of us. I was going to say <laughs> the, the days when the big houses would do stuff just to stick it in the nose of the other guy. I think that's pretty much over. Yeah. But those were fun days. <laughs> they really were. Indeed. Okay. So say you want to bump your analytics numbers up a hell of a lot by writing amazing content that is so good. It answers the question that people are asking primarily about content on your website. You get yourself a feature snippet. Because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the way you do it. You write really good content that um, answers the question, whatever that burning question is. And if it's so good and so close to the answer, Google will feature snippetize it. Yeah. People are always looking for the magic bullet. Like we've been talking about the magic bullet uh, earlier in, uh, in, 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 in like the product reviews. So I tested yeah. this, not the magic bullet. Similarly, there is no technical means of achieving a feature snippet. There's no way to arrange your code. There's nowhere to put um, a, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know, a bold tag or whatever. <laughs> um, there's no way to set up your site in such a way that you're going to get the feature snippet. The only way you can get it is to anticipate the question and write the answer. Yes, it was funny when I read this story and then I shared it on Twitter. I was like, well, once again, I th- think it depends. Um, but it, to me in this one, it depends what you consider technical, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people would would think about, um, you know, technical from like, can I toss in some schema and guarantee this is going to happen? Can I, you know, do something in my code? Can, can like this heading tag or that heading tag guarantee me something? No, it, it can't. But I have a, a slightly more, I don't know, broad view of, of what is technical. And basically to me, technical is anything that I can build sort of a, a guideline around. Then it's not going to, nothing in SEO is going to guarantee. I guarantee that if I do this, if I build these five links, I'm going to get this ranking. Like that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I, if I, but if I can create a scenario where I know I'm going to maximize my probabilities by doing this, if I do this a hundred times, more often than not, I will win or more often than average, I will win. Um, then I, I, I would consider that a, a technical thing because it's sort of a, a checklist. And I think obeying certain rules does work for featured snippets. For example, we have noticed that featured snippets and voice responses are often tied together, right? Like if you, if I ask my Google home something, or I, you know, ask my phone something, it will give me the same response that is in a featured snippet. So if I see the featured snippet is a paragraph and I know that the average length of characters is 260 that triggers voice responses and these paragraph featured snippets. Now I have a technical sort of note. I can go, okay, I want to put what is a featured snippet as a heading tag and then start this with a 250 to 260 character blurb clearly defining it and then move on after that, like with a clear, like make this one or two sentences, make it like then, a you know, 
new paragraph to make the, you know, the next sentence like larger, um, you know, or, or expand on that. But basically to me, there is a technical. One would argue uh, that's just good writing though. If you can't describe your thing in two paragraphs, you shouldn't be selling it anyway. No, exactly. And, and I think, but that's where I think I differ a little bit where I, I disagreed with the way they had said it as technical yeah. because I do view going, we know that the character limitations, the shortest it could be is this, the longest it could be is this. I know the character limitations need to be in there. I know that I would word my heading right above it this way. I know whether I would or would not put an image around it, right, to, to, to maximize my probabilities. I view those as technical things personally. Yeah, um, fair enough. But, but I do get that a lot of people wouldn't. But even if you just took that same thing and extended it, made your second sentence a little too long so it didn't cut off right. Now, all of a sudden, I think your odds are going to go down because Google wants that. Google wants to avoid me having to click really is what it's going to boil down to. So they don't want that dot, dot, dot. They don't want a list necessarily that goes, well, we've covered, you know, 10 through six, but now you need to click to, to see the ones below that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Google wants that for, for a lot of things. Some things they do, but but not for a lot. Anyway, uh, just my take. Well, okay. So there, there are um, some... Uh things you can do that might enhance your chances of getting the snippet. Um, brought up because, uh, 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 oh goodness, last, last week we were talking about um, oh my goodness, I just had a complete and absolute brain brain fart. Just lost my entire sentence. <laughs> That was wonderful. That's like, seriously amazing. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. There's, you know what? I totally remember what I was going to say, um, and I'm really hoping that gets edited out when uh, <laughs> in production. Um, there might, there is a, there, so there might be some things that you can do to get your get the feature snippet, the length of sentence, um, uh, length of paragraph, etc. Last week we talked about um, how do you know what users are interested in in relation to the content on your site. And uh, just a reminder of, uh, of, of to, to listeners to use Google Search Console to its fullest because Google Search Console is giving you some wildly good information. Um, when you go to Google Search Console, check out just just for as an exercise, um, check out the top. Click on performance, and then check out the top, say, five pages, okay? Just tick mm -hmm. the top five pages and click on the top one. Isolate that page in specific, and then click on queries just underneath the, uh, the, 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 the graph. Yeah. And that will show you all the queries that users are using us that are associated with that specific page. If you can't figure out the question they're asking from that, you know, that's what you write to. The, Google's telling you this is X number of people clicked on X number of impressions that we showed because of this content or because because in relation to this question or this query. There's your subject matter. Yeah, no, that's that's a great, uh, great suggestion. Um, something I had um, just shared um, with with somebody else on my team uh, just, just yesterday. And so it's like top of mind. One thing that I hate, and there is a workaround. So I'll share that with people as well. One thing I hate is that when I export the exact 
graph or, or, or the exact data that you're talking about. I can do it on a page by page level. I can go, okay, I'm going to go into this page. I'm going to go click on queries and then I'm going to click export. And now I have the export for that page. Yes. I'm going to go to the next page. I'm going to download that sheet, but there's no way to go. I just want them all. Yeah, I know <laughs> like, you, that you have to do it one by I have, I have, I haven't found the way yet either. You got to do yeah, it one but by there, one is a way um, oh no there is you use google sheets there is an extension called search analytics for sheets that will connect the search console and it'll just go page by page and just download all the queries to like x number of rows i can't remember what i have my oh my god to, so, but, and you know open one file tab through it and you got your information you got all your, your information it's all it's all right there and then from there you can now start to filter it out and go oh, okay just things in this folder make yourself some little like like pivot tables clouds or something and go, which words are in most of them and, and what's their frequency and, and stuff like that. If you want to like visualize it a little easier, cause it can get a little overwhelming. Okay. Um, so, so walk us through it again. So you're using Google sheets and the products, the product is uh, Google analytics for Google sheets. It's search analytics for sheets and it just connects to search console. And then you, there's a, it does a few things, but one of them you can configure is to just pull page by page, all of the queries. So it, it, it just lists basically every single query that it finds and the page that it found it on, like the page that it's ranked for. So sometimes you'll see duplicates where you'll see two pages for one query. Makes sense because sometimes Google's switching. Sometimes yeah, two pages course. rank. Um, but yeah, it just, it provides this this big list of all of your URLs and all of the 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 queries that they're all being found for all in one place so that you can order it by page. You can order it by query and get a much better idea all in one place and then do what you will. Like I then take it from there and move it into data studio where I can bugger about with it a, a lot more uh, from there. So, and it'll also give you like the number of impressions, number of clicks, um, average position, all, all, all the, all stuff. the information that that search console would have given you. Right. Exactly. Except now you don't have to go page by page. Dump it all in. So where else shall we go? You know what? Speaking of data, I'm going to like a story I want to make sure to, to touch on because people will start to see it. Um, and this is for people who use who do video marketing, um, including if it's just your company. Like I'm not a video marketer, but I, I do care about YouTube pages. Um, Google is expanding um, the data that they are showing through YouTube Studio. Um, mm -hmm. So they're adding a whole new research section that'll give you a great insight into what queries you are, your videos are being found for. Um, so I don't have it activated on my site yet. This is rolling out through this month. So more and more people will get it. I don't have it. So I can't give like an enormous amount of, of detail on what's going to be available there. Save to say, I'm excited to, to see it because as soon as it's, it's sort of the black box, they, they give some information, but the more information I could get on YouTube, that would be great. Um, but for folks, um, it was published yesterday over on Search Engine Land. Um, there was a story about it by your friend of mine, Mr. Danny Goodwin, um, had published this story um, that I was reading on um, the release of it. Um, and they, he has linked to some previews. There's some images on on here's how it'll look um, and stuff like that for for folks to to get a better feel for what's driving their traffic on YouTube. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That is very cool. Um, YouTube, I think, is um, the... And I think I think YouTube is just behind Netflix now as the as the uh, number two streaming service on Earth. Hmm. Um, and uh, there's, I don't know I, I see YouTube as like such a uh, 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 
uh, how to say it, there is so much content there, but it's still an untouched gem for advertisers. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I, but you know what, over as um, the web moves more towards video, um, moving words and stuff, um, uh, um, hopefully, hopefully YouTube stuff, YouTube usage will pick up uh, substantially because again, there's um, huge untapped potential in creating your own video announcements or just tagging your own ads into other people's videos. Um, still, a, a lot of advertising, but still relatively untouched compared to other parts of the web. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's it's just a wonderful opportunity. Uh, like for on, on the advertising side, a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to it, and it is rough. Like it, and I, I get why a lot of people don't pay attention to it because it is a rough space. Um, because people aren't there to look at your ad. I saw people complaining about it just earlier today. Like if you've dropped your ad right in the middle of a video I want to watch, I just hate you. Like that's that's all you're getting, right? With those like little little ads that like well, drop you, in the middle of a video. You may be getting people's hate, but you're also getting three or four words in before they click right. the little X button in the right. uh, in the in the corner there. So you know, choose your copy wisely or choose your imagery wisely. Make it eye catching or ear catching, and um, I don't know. I, I still can't help but seeing as it's annoying. Yeah, but when is that? When does that turn North Americans off of advertising? Um, well, and I mean, to to the point, like, if we view this just as regular stuff, why do commercials during television not bother me? Because it's paid for the television that I'm watching. Like, I, yeah, okay, I pay like basically a pittance when I'm paying my life to the to the cable company, right? Like, okay, it's expensive, but it's not paying for the production of a show at that that scale. That's where commercials come in. It is very similar, but I get the annoyance as well, especially if I'm trying to watch like a tutorial or something and I'm like, ugh, okay, now I have to sit through 15 seconds of like something I've already seen a hundred times because I'm already, like I've already subscribed to, to SEMrush. Right? Like I don't need to be advertised to right now and I can't skip this one. So um, I, I do get that it, it can be a bit frustrating sometimes. And, 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 and so there's our, 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 word of it, our word of advice for the week for the SEMrush crew. Live action advertisements, SEMrush. You got the money. Live action <laughs> advertisements. That would be amusing. That would be so much more interesting than those little banners that keep popping up because they're boring. Yeah. Live action advertisements. That's the way to go. <laughs> Good point. I'm curious what a live action SEO advertisement looks like. I, I am too. I, I'd like to see that. <laughs> okay, we got a couple of minutes left. Um, you want to? I you, you, you've been posting these um, serious geek out on AI stuffs, um, and um, I'm I'm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply absolutely fascinated by it but the truth is i don't understand a lot of it um i'm looking at the google ai blog simple and effective zero shot task oriented dialogue right what yeah this is an exciting one and, and i mean it, it, it it's it's exciting because of what it means um and i Full disclosure, I just found out about this this morning. It's based on two papers. I have not had a chance to read the papers yet. So I, I, I'm i just sort of like reading their post on it and going, oh, okay, I understand what they're doing. Um, but I, I didn't what, know what it means. What's, what's important to, to take away here is if we really think about one of the unique challenges that Google is facing right now, and we watch them like they're trying to satisfy it with like mum, they're trying to satisfy it like with, with a lot of their tech. This is just another example. Um, when they're trying to do question answering, which is a big thing for them right now. Like they've been trying to do that since they launched BackRub, right? Now we're, the way we're asking questions is just getting more and more and more complex. If we think about then how do they train a model where me asking what's, how much dairy is there in ice cream is sort of answered by the same index as how do I get to Bill's house, which is answered from the same, you know, index as where's the way, I mean, I understand they're slightly different indexes, but like the same system is answering these things and it's needing to answer all of them. The problem in machine learning and, and that these, these poor companies are having to deal with is you need to then train your model on every single one. And then you also need to train it to understand which model to use for the question Dave's asking, which may sure. actually not apply. You might not have a model for that. You just need to best fit it. Well, what they're doing here is dramatically enhancing, sort of pushing forward state-of-the-art in what's called zero shot. So anytime folks see zero shot, know mm -hmm. that Dave's probably excited. Um, so zero, zero, shot, zero shot means this is our first, our first shot at it where we're pushing boundaries? What zero shot means in this context is they've trained a model on one task. Mm -hmm. So we want to, you know, we're, we're going to train this thing on answering factual questions, right? Like we're, we're you know, we, we've looked at the wiki data. We've looked at all this. We're answering factual questions and then zero shot immediately moving that into questions. And what zero shot means is they've given it no additional training. So we're just going to drop it in and go, okay, now all of a sudden you need to figure out a, a new task, sentiment analysis, right? Or something like, is Dave happy when he, when he's answering this, right? Or, or is Dave asking for, you know, something more mundane than, than you would need your, your, your fact, uh, your fact-based system on, right? Like what color is the sky? So I guess that could be a fact thing too, but you, you get my gist here, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or, yeah, is Dave happy is, is a good one. Um, you know, to be able to drop it into those scenarios, the reason I get really happy about this is they've moved that function further on question answering stuff, which when we combine it with things like Lambda is going to open up the doors to a, a significant degree in 
conversational AI, like real for real conversational. I'm changing topics or I've moved from factual onto more like, what do you think about, right? Which we will get to the point of asking questions like that. What do I think about this or that? Um, I, I think that's what's really exciting. But the reason I get excited about zero shot is the ability to move from one task to another or one domain to another with a, an existing model, being able to just quickly move that across um, w- without any additional significant training um, or, or, or sort of identified training. We're, we're almost at the end of the show. We've got like two minutes left. And what you what you have just said leaves me with a half dozen questions. <laughs> um, but it's always like that. Um, why is it important? I guess the, the one that, that just jumps out in my mind is why is it important to know how the person phrasing the query feels at the time that they're phrasing the query? Right. Well, I mean, you hit some very different thoughts. And it was interesting because I just sort of threw sentiment analysis. But um, if I, if you could detect just by the the, the tones and, and all these things, you might even go multimodal and go, okay, he's got a camera, he's talking in his phone, we can see his face, right? And, and pull all of that in there. If I'm asking a very, very serious question, like, how do I prevent suicide? I could be a university student researching this subject. My sentiment around that is going to be very, very different than if I'm asking a question and I'm right at that moment in my life. So and the you way could be I a university student to, contemplating that question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, the way that system, now I've listed an extreme example there, but I've, you need to very, very significantly be able to tell. But also what's really interesting about this technology is it's moving not just to, to that sentiment analysis sort of side. There's systems that can identify, like that work on just sentiment analysis, but the ability to go, okay, we fully trained that system on sentiment analysis. Let's say that's, that's what we trained it on and then go, okay, now mm. it now understands, you know, how to do this task. And we're sort of leaving these papers specifically in this example, but if we go, okay, we've trained it on this task. Now, all of a sudden we want it to do stock market predictions using time series, but basically based on understanding sentiment analysis, be able to go, and that might be a bad, it actually is a bad example, but the the tasks are different and go, okay, we're going to drop it into a different task without any additional training. And that's where the zero shot comes in and go, okay, hit the ground running um, on this and then have it quickly adapt with like just a handful um, of sort of like trial and error phases to sort of orient itself and go, now you understand the next the next task that you're performing because that's what's going to let machine learning evolve so rapidly and then evolve on itself and go oh crap dave just asked a question we have no model for it all right are we going to see this model again yes okay let's create a new model (laughs) like we need to now train ourselves on a new thing because this is now a a new thing we're not there yet we're we're defining them but it's it's sort of what's going to speed up the evolution. And when we think about conversational AI and what Google was trying to deploy with Lambda or is deploying with Lambda, right? That that full conversational enhancement, it's going to rely on on technologies like this. And and that's what's what's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting times for us. In search, you don't use AI to manipulate Google. Google (laughs) uses AI to manipulate you. Yeah, that's appropriate. Um, that's, that's, that is fascinating and it's going to get, um, more fascinating and hopefully, um, more understandable as time goes on. Um, and in, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, 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 to bet that in a couple of years time, um, people like myself 
will become conversant in um, in 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 AI, but then something new will be coming along um, to 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 advance positronic brains faster, <laughs> or to accelerate positronic brains even further. Um, it, it, I'll, I'll be catching up just as I'm just just in time to fall behind again. <laughs> we all will. Um, and yeah, they, they are to like, that is one of the goals right now that they are doing. And there's a bunch of companies working on creating systems to let Jim make machine learning models, right? Like just natural language, tell it what you want it to do, and then it'll figure out a way to do it. So it is getting there within the next, yeah, probably a year or two will, will be to where we all can just do train models. Now, not as well as a computer science engineer, but we can all do it. A, uh, a, a a brave and hopefully friendly new world is coming. <laughs> on that, we got to go. There's another show coming up in the studio, and um, we've gone full clock. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Weights and Biases, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. And you've all been listening to Webcology on the 14th of April, 2022. Before we go, we are rapidly rounding the corner on COVID. Um Keep wearing masks, keep distancing from, 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 from other people, stay safe for a few more weeks, and come summertime, we might actually be um, not necessarily past COVID, but past the point where COVID is threatening to shut down our society or threatening um, absenteeism and such numbers in, in, in hospitals at the hospital, you know, the hospital doesn't function right. We're, doing, we're, we're, we're almost there, folks. Just keep at it a few more weeks, maybe another month, and... Uh, I'll never have to do one of these stupid COVID announcements again, and I'll be so happy about that. And then in the meantime, rank well, be kind to each other. And on behalf of Dave Davies from Weights and Bias, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.